Hey everyone, welcome back to Movie Morning, where we discuss all things movies, reviews, rankings, and all of that fun stuff. And, co- and welcome to a very special ranking here on the show, because today I'm going to be giving guys at last my top 20 favorite films of all time, on the, the, which today marks two years since my first episode, so I thought there was no better time to do it. I've been compiling this list for a while now. There's been many changes and all that, but I think I finally got a good list that I want to share. And these are my 20 favorite movies, not the 20 best movies I've ever seen. These are the ones that mean mean the most to me, which I think is a much more interesting list. And, well, if you're not happy with my list, and the only way that you would be happy with a list is that it, is if you make your own. So I'm sorry that if you don't like the picks I have on here, but this is truly, like, just the epitome of my opinion. So... Top 20 favorite movies of all time. This, again, took a, took a while to compile, and I really hope that it pays off. And I'm not going to waste any more time setting up this episode. Let's get into ranking my top 20 favorite movies of all time. Kicking my list off at number 20 is Toy Story. Pixar's original is still my favorite of their movies. It's the one I have the most nostalgia for personally. So that just... That just, that just puts it up a little bit in my mind. And again, these are my top 20 favorite movies, not the top 20 best I've ever seen. And also, I feel like this is still the most iconic of Pixar's movies. Look, what really makes this movie is the relationship between Woody and Buzz. And they just, just that pair as a young age is one of some of my favorite movie characters. So obviously, they were going to have a representation on this list. Overall, it's a story about acceptance. And about what you believe in, you know, with Woody trying to accept that, you know, Buzz is new, so he's going to be more popular. And Buzz, pretty much what he believes in and how that contrasts Woody. And all of that, and what they explore is just so good. And it still resonates with me to this day. So Toy Story is a special animated movie and one that still holds up today. Number 19, Catch Me If You Can. This is the most underrated Steven Spielberg movie ever for me. It's one of my favorite, obviously, being on the list. And this is not the last time you're going to hear Spielberg's name on this list. We'll get into a few of those in just a couple of spots. But this movie, in my opinion, has my favorite Leonardo DiCaprio, DiCaprio performance because it's such a unique performance from him. And the story of this is just so unique. It's about a character who's just... A lot more he's able to have a lot more fun with life than I guess most people and can ignore some of the issues that people face. It's about a manipulation and how he can just how that our, our protagonist can just kind of convince his way into everything. It's so much fun to watch. And it's all it's not it's also kind of a chase movie because he's running away from Tom Hanks who's chasing him. And I just love whenever they interact. This is such a unique film by far Spielberg's most underrated. And one that I don't think enough people have watched. Number 18, Casino Royale. My favorite James Bond movie of all time. And what I've always said about this movie is this movie to me has the perfect three-act structure for a movie. Act 1 is a more action-heavy act where we get, you know, we get the Madagascar chase. It's one of my favorite action scenes of all time. We've got our introduction to Daniel Craig as James Bond, who's my favorite James Bond. Then we have an act 2, which somehow makes a card game intense and it just makes makes you sweaty while you're watching it's really thrilling to watch and it's it obviously interwoves a bit of action in there and act three feels has a bit of a revenge vibe to it. it's a bit more angry than the rest of the film is at least 
especially from the perspective of Bond and what he's doing. And it actually has emotional payoffs. I mean, that I feel a lot of James Bond movies can lack sometimes. And man, this movie just reestablished the grounded tone of Bond after the Pierce Brosnan, Pierce Brosnan years. And, I, and obviously, Daniel Craig is a huge factor in that. And this is a bit more of an origin story to Bond, to an extent. It kind of tells kind of like the early years of him doing things, despite we, have, we, have, we had so much exposure to Bond before that. And I just love the way it does it in this movie. This is such a great movie. It's got a really great villain, too, played, played by Mads Mikkelsen. And it's just the perfect Bond movie, in my opinion. Coming into my number 17 is Mad Max Fury Road. This, to me, is one of the most thrilling and constantly rewatchable movies of all time. It is so engaging. It's a so insane, bombastic, and crazy in its action, and colors, and characters, and just what they do. And it's just, I feel like if I had it on loop, I'd never get bored of it. It's just that, again, engaging and entertaining, and it's so fun to look at, once again. And obviously, we have Tom Hardy as Mad Max, who's a lot more quiet than Mel Gibson was when he played Mad Max. But I feel like it just works for the story because Furiosa, played by Charlie Theron, is our lead. And she, she's also really great in the movie, obviously. And man, what a rewatchable movie. And I, if I could rewatch it all the time, I probably would. Number 16, The Shawshank Redemption. Honestly, I don't have too much to add about this movie. I feel like everything that could have been said has already been said. But this is just such an emotional and just affecting experience when you watch it. It stars Tim Robbins and Morgan, Morgan Freeman, who are both phenomenal. And it's just a pretty simple story at its core. But the characters are so layered and so deep that by the end of it, through the choices they made and just their experience that you've kind of been watching throughout the entire thing, it's just so satisfying. And some of the twists that happen towards the end, and you know, the way things leave off is, more, is a pretty unconventional from a story like this, which already is a unique story, and it's just so emotionally satisfying, and not many movies have affected me like The Shawshank Redemption by the time I finish watching it. 15, Jurassic Park. Now, the reason that this movie works so well isn't really because of the dinosaurs. I'll, I'll get to that in just a bit. It just it works so well because of the relatable characters, and we have Sam Neill, Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, who adds a lot of humor into it, making it more entertaining at points. But just the way that Spielberg builds out these characters, John Hammond even, in the first or act of the movie, makes the third act and late late second act of the movie so thrilling, and the scares work, and that's what gets us, you know, makes us afraid of the dinosaurs, and actually makes us care about the situations. And obviously, John Williams' score adds a lot into this. This is such an iconic movie, and I feel like even with all the baggage that it has now, this is such a great movie, and it's one of the best monster movies ever made, obviously. Number 14 is another really underrated film, and that is Warrior. This is a, this is a film that I've actually reviewed, so if you want my full thoughts on this, go check that review out. I reviewed it last year. You know, as great as Rocky and Creed are, this is the sports movie that I feel like has emotionally touched me the most by its payoff at the end. The first half of this movie does such a good job making us care about these two characters, Joel Edgerton and Tom Hardy, who they play in this movie. And it's just more unconventional, again, in the way that it tells the story. The setup is great, and the payoff of this movie, like the last like 40 minutes of it, is just so satisfying to watch. It's 
it just it hits you in all the right ways. Again, it's really unconventional with how it ends its story, and it's just magnificent. It's my favorite sports movie, and I really hope that more people give it a shot. Number 13, The Matrix. This is, again, such a unique sci-fi or action film in that matter, especially taking place in the late 90s. And I feel like no other decade could really produce a movie like this. No other directors could have done it other than the Wachowskis. And this is just such a unique movie that combines martial arts with philosophies and almost like an anime, you know, creativity to it. And it just puts together and it's so entertaining. It's just nonstop thrills throughout the entire movie, nonstop entertainment. And I just love the way it sets up the world. It's got some of the best world building ever. And it just opens up so many possibilities until the sequel kind of mess everything up. Sequels kind of mess everything up. But hopefully Matrix 4 is good coming out later this year. But besides that, just this original movie is enough to stand on its own and, and is just phenomenal on its own. It's got so many iconic moments and characters. And it's just, it's talked about all the time now, but it's still fantastic as a movie. Number 12, one of my favorite comic book movies of all time, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. This is a film that's got my favorite MCU hero as his title character, obviously Captain America, and he puts it into a spy or espionage thriller. And it is just, the again, the a movie that I feel like was made specifically for me. And it just, it's so great. It really showed to me when this released the full potential of what the Marvel movies could be and, and all the genres that, that it could go into. And even, and for me, this is one of the MCU movies, even early back then, that really had like enough, like had, an, had emotions to it. I feel like by the third act of this, again, minor spoilers if you've never seen this, but you know, how they build up Bucky and Steve in the first movie really helped to make the reveal of Bucky being the Winter Soldier so powerful. And despite that being a scene that everyone knew was coming, by the end of it, when, you know, like doing the third act, which I know isn't popular with many people, I guess. Despite being like this massive battle, it's so powerful what happens with he, between Steve and Bucky. And he just has to shoot, lay down his weapons and just let his long-lost friend, who's now turned into the Winter Soldier, just beat him to near death. And it's just, it's so powerful. And for an MCU movie, it actually has good villains. But just for the Winter Soldier, I just love it. I love the espionage feeling of everything. And that's why it's a number 12 on this list. 11, Mission Impossible Fallout. My favorite mission, man, my favorite of the Mission Impossible movies. It was actually the first I ever watched that might have been part of really introduced me into the franchise. But this is the one movie, re-watching all of them and then watching this one again, that really I felt like tied a franchise that I now love together. It's such a thrilling and awesome action movie that just has, has like some of the best stunts I've ever seen in any movies because... It's actually happening. Tom Cruise flew a helicopter. He jumped across a building. He crashed a motorcycle into a car. It's all so real, and that makes the tension throughout so high, even throughout you know many many dialogue elements. And the plot of this is so meticulous, meticulously crafted that you know where you know when you, you it really forces you to pay attention to it. And I just love that because too many movies nowadays just kind of let you just watch it, like you know just without really needing to pay attention. This one, you have to listen. And while the reveals sometimes can be pretty obvious, they're still, you still have to listen to them. And they're always so, like, so interesting the way they play, play out, you know, especially with like, the, the face reveals and all that. And this movie is one of the only Mission Impossible movies that, in my opinion, actually has great antagonists to it. I'm not going to say who they are if you haven't seen it. This is a pretty new movie, so I'll leave that. But 
I really feel the tension throughout the movie and Tom Cruise performing the stunts himself do that. And this movie is my favorite of the, of the Mission Impossible films. I feel like it has everything you'd want in an MI film. So that's why it's number 11 on my favorite movies list. Kicking off my top 10 is Batman Begins. What has become, in my opinion, pretty much the perfect superhero origin story put on the big screen. And part of that, I think, is because we got a director like Christopher Nolan to reboot the Batman, you know, continuity in films and put his, inject his own style in onto it. Despite being a comic book movie, it has his usual bag of tricks where we have, you know, like jumping back and forth in the timeline, you know, just telling the story out of order. And I just love that because I don't think many comic book movies today have like a director's stamp on it. Well, I think that the Dark Knight films, especially Batman Begins, still does. But even beyond that, Christian Bale has always been my Batman, the one that I feel like I watch the mo most like throughout my you know, like child and early teenage years. And I just, I love him in this role, even though, you know, some people can make fun of the voice and all that, but he, it's just still iconic to me. And I just love him in this role. And there's so many, so much great things. We have Liam Neeson playing Descartes and, you know, the League, like the League of Shadows. Just, I love the training sequences there. This is just the perfect telling of the Batman origin story. And it just, it's still entertaining despite being a little more, not, it's not as, you know, simple and just, easy to watch as many comic book movies but this is just one of my favorite origin stories of all time with my favorite superhero on the screen number nine is another comic book movie and i know this one that i'm gonna get called for recency bias on but it is avengers endgame this is such a satisfying emotionally satisfying conclusion to 11 years of storytelling with like in a franchise that means so much to me because i've been watching it for such a long time this one of the only movies that really got me like extremely emotional in the theater the first time I watched it. It's got a you know like a time heist plot. Obviously, spoilers. Or I'm assuming all of you guys have seen Endgame by now. It's got a time heist plot combined with you know like the first act, which is a little more down and slower than you normally see in a comic book movie, and it still can have that epic payoff in the third act where we get so much awesome moments. Some of the best MCU moments of all time are in this movie. Some of the best comic book movie mo moments of all time are in this movie. Obviously, you just get chills down your spine the entire third act of this movie. It's just, this movie managed to close out 11 years of storytelling with so many different sub-franchises, you know, like, call into the MCU by this point. And it's just, I don't think any other comic book movie, like, you know, one that is specifically a superhero movie and doesn't try to branch off and do other things, will ever get to the level of Endgame in terms of how much fun it is and how much is in there for the audience to enjoy it, despite also still being a good movie in my opinion. And this is definitely more of a personal pick because I know that there'll be a few people who kind of can pick apart the plot. But for me, it's not as important if it, you know, serves as telling a story they want to tell and the story still resonates. And I think with Endgame it does. And that's why it's a number nine on my list. The film just means so much to me as the whole franchi franchise does. Number eight, The Lion King. This is my favorite animated film of all time. And it pretty much always has, has been. And, and when it was younger, it was probably my favorite movie, if I can remember correctly. And this movie just brings everything I feel like a kid's movie combined should bring, which also appeals to old, older, you know, like teens and adults. Because even right now, I still absolutely love this movie. And if, you know, if I had to watch it all the time, I wouldn't mind doing so. It's just, at parts, it feels like this sprawling story that takes place over you know, like, over the life of this person who's, you know, pretty much to be king after, you know, his father passes. And it's just so, it's such a relatable story, despite being maybe really far-fetched for a lot of people. Like, just the, the storyline, despite, you know, becoming like, you know, like, with pride, like, you know, becoming like the, 
leader of the Lions and all that. Despite all that, like just Simba's story and what he goes through in this movie is really relatable. His struggles and all that, and it's just amazing. And obviously, when we want, we have one of my favorite villains of all time in any movie, and that is Jeremy Irons, a scar. Obviously, James Earl Jones is Mufasa, not a villain, but another great character who's phenomenal in this. And this this story is just so emotionally powerful. And of course, the music by Hans Zimmer and all just all the songs even are just so iconic. They're so nostalgic to me. I love this movie. In my opinion, again, the best animated film of all time. Number seven for me is a movie I watched more recently, but that is Die Hard. This is such a great action movie, despite how simple it is. Bruce Willis as John McClane is just the perfect everyday guy, and he kind of almost feels like the origin of where this character comes from. He's entertaining, he's humorous. Like, there's so many lines, you know, which still make me laugh, even on rewatches, which is rare for, like, an action movie, even, like, a butter-buddy cop movie, and it's just... One of the most fun action movies of all time. And I just enjoy it throughout the entire runtime. And we have one of the best action movie villains of all time here in Hans Gruber, who is great. And also has a really cool death scene in this movie. It's one of the best villain deaths of all time, in my opinion. It's such a great action movie and what some of the most fun I've had watching a movie, you know, in the past couple years. Coming in at number six is Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. You know, I could have put Raiders on here, I could have put Temple of Doom on here, and I wouldn't blame anyone for putting any of those other movies on their favorite movies of all time list. But for me, what puts, a, what put, puts Last Crusade above the other ones is just the amount of heart it has. It's still so much fun like the other ones, and it can be dark at times, but it's got a lot of heart. And that's mainly because of Sean Connery's incredible role in here as Indiana Jones's dad. And, and his relationship with... Um, with Indy and just kind of all their back and forth and what um and you know the way they they grow throughout the throughout the movie is just great the relationship especially when you get into the third act and this is also probably the the funniest of all the, of all the Indiana Jones movies again he's a big part of that and even getting into that third act it's not your typical action scene it's kind of again that hard it comes back into it it's more about just trying to save someone and Indiana Jones has got to do all these crazy things but it's not just a straightforward firefight or it's not just a you know like a sword fight or anything like that it's a lot more personal than that and I love I love that this movie is able to go there and just even aside from that the action in this movie especially that chase scene in the desert where you know Indiana Jones is hanging on I believe it was the cannon and he's just getting dragged along it's such a real scene and all the action you know feels real that that boat chase even though it can be a bit silly at times there's so many great shots and it's just this is, my, this is my personal favorite of the Indiana Jones movies, which might not be everyone's, but it is for me. Number five, The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. This is one of the best conclusions to a trilogy that you'll ever find. It's got epic battles. It's got amazing music by Howard Shore. It's got everything and great character. It's got everything you'd want in like a, just a trilogy capper. It's so good. So many, so many fantastic moments. The Battle of Gondor is amazing. The ending, I know there's a lot of them, but just every ending in here is so great. It's emotional. And it just, it just resonates with you. And although, you know, everyone makes fun of how many endings there are to this movie, how long it takes to wrap itself up, to me, all of them still work. It's kind of like Endgame, but all of them still work to me. And because of that, I enjoy watching this movie, even with the extreme length that the extended cut is. I believe it's like over four and a half hours long. Even with that, I can still, I'll still make time to rewatch this movie because it's that epic 
that great of a conclusion. Peter Jackson's ability to be able to do all this and handle all the action despite having so smaller character moments in there always really makes me surprised when I watch this movie again, especially comparing this trilogy to the Hobbit trilogy. But, you know, Hobbit trilogy can be saved for a later episode. But, man, it's just such a satisfying conclusion, again, to a trilogy I love. And the characters in here are great. The standout, obviously, for me is Sean Astin's performance as Sam. He, I think he has the most... He has the most that I think makes him stand out in this movie, and I just love what they do with him. And it really shows how great of an actor he is and how how important he was to Frodo's journey. I just love how they did that in this movie. This is a very long movie, but it's, it is still an epic conclusion nonetheless. Number four, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. You all probably knew this was already going to be on the list, but this is, again, another really iconic movie. This time we've got a movie from the 1990s, and... Obviously, we have so many iconic performances here. We obviously have Arnold Schwarzenegger as the T-800. Once again, we have Edward Furlong as John Connor and Linda Hamilton as Sarah Connor. And to me, this is like the epitome of what an action movie can be. It's just, it's got humor. It's got heart. Again, uh, something that you'll see as a recurring theme in these, you know, in these spots. It's got great action. All the action is very, you know, it's really, again, it all feels so real because, it just, because obviously they shot this practically. And obviously opposing, you know, all the characters I just mentioned is Robert Patrick as the T-1000, who's probably still the best villain in, in a franchise, which has not been great over the past, you know, like three decades now at this point. But but aside from that, though, again, like the humor obviously with Edward Furlong is great. And I love the connection and relationship between Arnold and Edward Furlong or the T-800 and John Connor and... By the third act of this movie, it actually has emotion to it. And what puts this film above the first one for me, and what's always put it above the first one for me, is that it goes deeper with the characters. And obviously, it's got a bigger budget and all that, but they go into the characters more, and it really makes you feel for them that I think the first one never really went that far. Kicking off my top three is The Empire Strikes Back. This movie expands on the original Star Wars in every way a sequel should. It's got more updated special effects, it adds new characters, more emotion, better action, a better score in my opinion. This is probably my favorite of John Williams' Star Wars scores. And it's just got all that. And talking individually about the things I said, you know, obviously with the special effects, we had the asteroid chase, which still looks great. The Hoth sequences look phenomenal. Obviously we have Yoda coming in to train Luke. And this almost feels more like an origin story to like, you know, like a hero being born than A New Hope, which is something that I've always really liked. And I just, I love Yoda in this movie. I love the way he's introduced, and I just love all the time we spend on Dagobah. And obviously with the emotion, we have one of the greatest film twists of all time, obviously the I Am Your Father reveal, which has been used a lot more since this movie came out in other movies to like make like a really shocking twist, and never as well as this, because this movie set up the correct amount of pieces, but never actually specifically said it. And it doesn't show that, you know, this is actually where the story is going. And that's why this, to me, is still has one of the greatest movie twists of all time. Cloud City, we have Lando Calrissian. This movie just has so much about it that I think it makes it the best Star Wars movie. It's probably the darkest of the original trilogy. And I think it makes it, it makes it stand out more. And it's just got everything you could possibly want in a Star Wars movie. Obviously a franchise that I love, so it comes in at number three. And man, these top two, the two movies I'm about to talk about, are almost interchangeable because 
I absolutely love both of these movies. Obviously, they're my two favorite movies of all time. And I think you, you guys might know what it is, but I, I've, I've really struggled deciding which one's number one, and I feel like they're going to change pretty much every day. So the one I have as I'm recording this is the one I'm going with. So let's get into the top two. As of right now, number two for me is Inception. It's such a unique and ambitious film in terms of its action and concepts and like, you know, like dreams and planting ideas and dreams. And it combines that like kind of with a heist movie to make it a bit more accessible and entertaining and action packed with some of the action in here is phenomenal. It's really underrated, especially the scene in the snow when, you know, like late in the third act of the movie, that's one of the best action scenes I think no one's ever done, maybe the best. And its world building is just great. It's a complex world in terms of the set of rules, but it's still accessible. And I think it's because Nolan chose to reveal aspects of each character, or I guess our lead character, Cobb, and aspects of the rules slowly so that it wasn't dumped on you instantly and you wouldn't, you know, and, you know, you wouldn't feel like, it wouldn't feel kind of like too much for a lot of audience members. And because of all this, the ending of this movie is still discussed to this day. And I'm not going to say what it is in case you've never seen it, although I doubt you've never seen Inception, which if you haven't, please go watch it. It makes, it's, people still discuss what really happened in the ending and kind of what the outcome of the movie really was. But the fact of the matter is, it actually doesn't matter that much because our lead character's story was completed and his arc was fulfilled. And that's why I've never really thought too hard about that, but I get where the discussion is from. And that's why what Nolan set this world up to be was so interesting. This movie, this movie gets better with every rewatch because the world just becomes more and more complete as you listen more into the dialogue and you watch the movie more and more. It's, it's an entertaining movie, but it's a really smart blockbuster, something we don't get too much of nowadays. But that's why it's number two on this list. But coming in at number one, my favorite movie of all time, as of this recording, is The Dark Knight. Another Christopher Nolan movie, and you probably knew it was going to be a, it was going to be my number one as soon as Inception was my number two. But this movie just perfectly builds on the foundations that Batman Begins laid. Obviously, that they, I talked about Batman Begins earlier on in this list, but this movie goes beyond just being a superhero film. It is a crime drama like along the lines of something like Heat, another great movie if you've never seen, but it adds Batman into the mix. Again, my favorite superhero of all time. You know, maybe not on screen, my favorite overall, you know, like in all the mediums. And this movie just transcends the genre of comic book movies because, again, it's a crime drama and it just does so much in terms of, you know, how it uses the city of Gotham and just the ideals of different characters. It just... It's mind-blowing to this day that this movie was made and that Warner Brothers went along with Christopher Nolan making up making a crime drama out of a Batman movie. And this movie also has, which is I think what put it at number one for me, above, you know, like my number two, probably has my favorite performance in a movie of all time. That is, of course, of course, Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker. I mean, it's he's iconic, he's menacing, but you love to watch him on screen. It's just an incredible performance, which again is probably my favorite performance out of any movie of all time. And I know some people say that because he's so good and so he's so in your face with his performance, he kind of overtakes the story from Batman. But I think that when you're doing a comic book movie sequel, 
I think your villains always have to be more on show because we've had our superhero origin story for our protagonist, and now we need these villains to come in and oppose them. And I think what they did with the Joker in this movie was perfect. And even Aaron Eckhart as Harvey Dent is amazing, and I love his transition to the Two-Face in this movie. And the ending of this movie and just what it leaves you off going into the next film is such a chill-inducing and fantastic ending for a movie like this. And this is beyond just, again, just being a superhero movie. It's a smart movie. The third act of this movie is more than just a fist fight between Batman and the Joker. It's a battle of ideals between two different characters, Batman and the Joker. And and uses this to make Gotham a character within itself. And the people of Gotham are pretty much the central, you know, thing that's, that they're debating over in this movie. And it's so powerful at the end of this. And that's why The Dark Knight is my favorite film of all time. And look, this is obviously the end of this list now. And if you guys disagree with me, like I said, this is my personal list. Probably the most personal list you can make. So if you disagree, I'm sorry. But if you want like a copy and paste of your list, you might as well make your own list online somewhere. So... There is that. But with that said, guys, thank you guys so much for listening to this very special ranking. And I'll catch you all in the next review or episode or whatever. Bye-bye.